Good morning. This is Angela Schaefer's host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today I am interviewing Dr. Sabrina Adams and she will be sharing her journey into becoming a successful entrepreneur and founder of Zoe Life Publishing. Good morning, Dr. Adams. Thank you for good, joining us. Good morning. How are you today? Great. Thank you. Good. I'm so excited that you'll be able to share with our listeners some of your journey and to talk about Zoe Life Publishing. And I will let you share um, some of your past, where you've come from, um, what sort of doctor you are, and how that all led up to um, Zoe Life Publishing. Okay. Okay. I'll be glad to share that. Um, actually, my, my journey is very integrated with overcoming a battle with breast cancer is actually what led me into um, publishing. Um, I've only been a doctor for a year or so, and my doctorate is in divinity. It's in the study and the application of biblical principles. And um, so about, it's been about eight years now, I found a lump in my breast and um, I was diagnosed with a relatively advanced stage of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, I went through the process and got very, very sick. I didn't do well with chemotherapy. And and on this one particular day, I was praying and kind of complaining and saying, why is this happening to me? And um, I believe I heard the voice of the Lord saying that, I am going to release into you my Zoe, my life, mm-hmm. bring it back to my people. And I really didn't have any clue what that meant. Um, from that point on, it was a year before I actually completely overcame the breast cancer and started a study on the words Zoe and that it meant abundant life, that it meant a fulfilled and gratifying life, a life that was so amazing that it flowed out of your life into your family, into Mm. your community, into your neighborhood. And ultimately, the purpose of that type of life was to positively impact the world. Mm. And about a year, about a year after I actually overcame the breast cancer, um, my husband, he said to me, he said, all you have to do is live. You don't Mm. have to ever work again. And I actually planned on taking him up (laughs) on that. I was going to stay home with my baby. I had an 18-month. Uh-huh. And a ten month old at that point. So but God had a different um choice for me and um we discovered um plush characters called Kingdom Pals. Mm-hmm. And I called them one day and told them how much I enjoyed their products with, with my daughter. And they asked me if I wanted to be a distributor. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that'll be fun. But what I immediately realized is that parents didn't know how to use this toy with their children because they're so used to the toys that has all the gizmos and, mm-hmm. and gadgets and things like that. So they had no idea how to apply these kingdom pals so we wrote a book called the hidden treasures of my kingdom pal and that's really how the um, publishing house started um i decided that i didn't want to be a self-publisher i wanted to not only publish this book but help other people 
to publish. Mm-hmm. And that was the birth of Zoe Life Publishing. Quite honestly, I had no experience mm. in publishing. At that moment, I was actually a stay-at-home mom who an opportunity presented itself and a, a market segment was obviously not fully supplied. And we decided to develop products that help people to live the Zoe life, to bridge the gap from where they are to the life that most of us want to live, that's mm-hmm. healthy and joyful and fulfilling. Um, and that's how it all started. It actually started with a bout of, of, of breast cancer. And the thing that I want to say to your readers, some your readers, your listeners, see I'm a publisher. <laughs> so the um, thing that I really want to say to your listeners is sometimes those things that is the worst, mm-hmm. those things that's even designed to, to kill you or maybe your worst possible moment actually may be a springboard to your destiny. Mm-hmm. So evaluate where you are and see if you can take this opportunity, this place where you are right now, and accomplish something great that can not only help your life but inspire the life of others. Mm-hmm. That's great. I I totally agree with you. And of course, that's why we're here today is to share our stories to encourage and inspire others. And we know that there's a great deal of people out there suffering from different diseases, cancer being one of them, and being very hopeless, if you will, about their situation. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to you about that. What did you do? I'm sure there were times in the midst of your story dealing with cancer that you might have felt hopeless or desperate or just felt like, what do I do facing death? How did mm-hmm. you handle that and what was that like for you? I think the, the the most complicated moment was when um the chemo started to to kick in and mm-hmm. I had a baby and she was eighteen months old and it actually was the exact time of not I went for my first chemo session actually on nine eleven, the day that it mm. happened. And so um, I think my most frustrating moment was going into chemo because I had heard all these horror stories Mm -hmm. about chemo, about about the sickness, about being bald headed, and Mm -hmm. you know I was I didn't want to be bald headed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I just didn't want. Most women don't. But you know the 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 most incredible thing about being bald headed, there's a a freedom in it. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get up and get going in the morning. Mm But um, I think that was my most difficult is facing the unknown Mm -hmm. because I heard stories about chemo and my particular um, experience was actually worse than the stories. And um, nowadays chemo doesn't have that same negative impact Mm -hmm. on most people. But for me, it, it made me horrifically ill Mm -hmm. and my husband had to keep working and I had the baby and I had my daughter who was 10 who -hmm. had to grow up very quickly Mm -hmm. because she had to come home from school and take care of me and her sister until her dad got home from work. Mm -hmm. That must have been very frustrating as a mother to not be able to be able to take care of everybody and do what we usually do. It was and, and being a very independent person was difficult too because I had to accept help Mm -hmm. from people that I would not actually normally 
you know, accept help for, and you had to devise strategies to um, take care of. For me, it was an Mm -hmm. 18-month-old. And really, the interesting thing about that, our strategy was McDonald's. I could drive to McDonald's, and I could sit there, and I would let her play in mm-hmm. McDonald's all morning. And so then we would drive home, and she would sleep the whole afternoon. Mm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you devise very, very interesting strategies. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a good way to put it. Devising strategies is what we often need to come up with, whether we're dealing with an illness or a business or a difficult relationship. I mean, anything in life. And I think that that's critical to think through these things and come up with a plan, so to speak. And if that one doesn't work, try another one, right? That's the only way that you can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because my daughter being 10, she didn't know how to cook. Mm -hmm. So I would teach her from the couch Mm -hmm. how to cook. And she came up with some creative meals. And you had to get used to lack of um, things being less than perfect or less than the way you would have done it and and be grateful because those people stepped up and helped you even though it wasn't you know the toilet wasn't as clean as you would have done it or mm-hmm. the spaghetti wasn't as, as done but they are making this great effort right. to help you and you have to learn to be appreciative and not of just them helping but of life in general I mm-hmm. believe that that moment in my life changed everything. Mm. I feel like my life started over and I had the opportunity to to really to appreciate my family, my friends, Mm -hmm. and just life in general because you realize that is very temporary Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be there tomorrow and everything can change tomorrow. So you live, you plan for tomorrow, but you live and you execute in the day or Mm -hmm. in the moment that you're in. Mm -hmm. That totally makes sense. During that time, was there fear about facing death or was it just something that you decided wasn't going to happen to you? Um, I have to answer that that question in in, in two parts. The first part is it was only a lingering thought Mm-hmm. in the back of my mind but when I really overcame it was at one of the most scariest moments a friend of mine's mother had just died from cancer mm. and I was in the midst of the battle that's what I referred to it as and she wanted me to come to her mother's funeral and for me I had avoided all discussion of of cancer and especially death by cancer Mm -hmm. and she really wanted me to come to the funeral and by now I'm completely bald-headed I I, you know I'm I'm weak and it's just not a good time but I decided that for her I would go to the funeral and um, quite honestly the the pastor said something that changed my viewpoint forever Mm. and um, not to get into to theology or anything, but what he said is to to live is Christ and to die is gain. And basically the way I interpret it is is, is Christ means anointing, ability. Mm-hmm. But so I said to live, I have the ability to live and impact lives. And if I die, I'm going to heaven and I'll see everybody later. Oh, mm-hmm. well, either way, I, I win. Mm-hmm. And that removed all fear because I had no possibility of loss. Mm. Either way, I was going to impact the world positively or I was going to die and be in heaven and I wouldn't worry about mm-hmm. everything that's going on here. That's right. And, and so that is 
exact that's that was my turning point of any kind of fear or anything like that. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't have moments mm-hmm. that I was really sick or I was really tired or, you know, I was just, I can't believe this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. This does not, does not make sense. Um, I had those moments, but they were very, very short-lived because in my mind, I decided that, okay, if I am going to live, I'm going to take every moment that I'm alive mm-hmm. right now and maximize my relationships with all the people around me. And so that's where I focused. I really took my mind off myself. Mm-hmm. And um, with our first book, we we published one of the reasons is that <laughs> um, I wanted parents to be able to train up their kids in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted my husband to make sure he had all my values and he's going to transfer them to our children. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big part of our first book. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time in, in developing those writings. It really wasn't part of the book of that, but I started writing and I started journaling and said, this is what I want to make sure um, my daughters believe. This is what I, the way I want them to understand how important hard work is how important planning is, how important commitment is, how important follow-through is. Mm -hmm. So I think I started making sure that even if I wasn't there, Mm -hmm. that they still had, for me, what I felt they needed to grow up. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think that's so important for us all to be able to leave behind a legacy, if you will, Mm -hmm. for our children or family members or anyone that we really care about that we may not be able to be here in person to impact their lives, we can leave something. And I totally believe in the power of word and music and art Mm -hmm. and how much that can be just shared and shared again and again. And when it comes from our heart, it really is a true reflection of us. So I really think that's awesome that you were able to do that. Now, tell me a little bit about the business, because, of course, a lot of times when we share stories like yours, people are very encouraged and inspired. But then they stop and they say, but how did you do it? You know, what what did you really have to get through to do this? And you had mentioned that you weren't planning on this business and that type of thing. So did you have any business experience? Did you bring along other people to help develop your business idea? Tell us some of those things so that our um, listeners can try and understand how they can get to their place of fulfilling their dream if they have one about building their own business. No, I did not have anybody that came along with me. Um, My mother says I have loved business from the time I was three years old. And so all while I was growing up, I was always starting one business after another, Mm -hmm. after another, after another. So I think I got a lot of practice with that. But I actually came from or came out of the financial services arena. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, and it had nothing to do with publishing. But I think the key to me being a publisher is that all my life, I loved books. I loved words. I loved reading and i think that in order to you in order for you to be successful in any business and be able to live through the pain of startup mm-hmm. is something that you have to be passionate about and passionate actually means willing to suffer for mm. so if you are not willing to suffer for what you want to um birth 
or the business that you want to create, then you might as well stop right now because it's going to hurt in the build in the in the beginning because business is hard. I I I talk to a lot of people with this romantic notion of business, but right now I work at least 12 hours a day, six days a week, and I love every minute of it. Mm-hmm. I love absolutely every minute of it. So as far as I think that publishing almost came naturally to me mm-hmm. because of my love of words. And um, I was also have always been very creative. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always loved to organize and to boss people around. <laughs> <laughs> and so because of those heels in me, I think all those came together. And I believe for the first time in my life, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't mm. imagine doing anything else. So what I actually did was I started to read everything there was about publishing, everything there was about business. I started to attend um, publishing workshops and, and and participating in writer groups and and things like that. And I, I depended very much on my own ability to create mm-hmm. more than anything else because the form of publishing that we wanted to go in, that I wanted to go in, was um, very different than the traditional type of publishing because I wanted to bring in authors who may have never been published before. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also had heard about self-publishing, but self-publishing has great limitations Mm -hmm. um, when you're trying to get into bookstores and get broad-based distribution. So I didn't want that either because I wanted what I published to impact the world. Mm -hmm. So it had to have broad-based distribution. So I actually stopped and looked at the marketplace and picked all the different published, looked at all the different publishing models, and I picked the best elements of each model and created a new model Mm -hmm. based on the best of everything else that other people were Mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I think it's important for everyone to know that it takes time and education to fulfill your dream. You can't just Mm -hmm. come up with the dream, if you will, and then just go out there and do it. And I think that's a lot of times why people may fail in the beginning or become very frustrated is that they don't often take the time to educate themselves. And the other key point you made was about it being really what's in your heart, what you're already passionate about, and that simply in turn makes you good at it. And I think that too is sometimes something that some people miss. They really are excited about something or want to do X, but it's not really their passion. Mm-hmm. And once something's your passion, I think that changes everything. It, it keeps you from giving up mm-hmm. on the difficult days, on the days that you don't know what to do on the days that, that you ha- you really have no clue. And all you know is for me, my, my passion is, is I want to change the world. I want to make a positive impact in the world. Mm-hmm. I want to teach people that no matter where they are in life, they can do something positive with their life at that moment. Mm-hmm. And, and so because of that passion, even on the days that it hurt, I know I keep using that, that, that phrase, but business is always not fun. Mm-hmm. It's right. not pleasurable. And, and people think that, oh, I'll start a business and I'll become financially independent mm-hmm. and I, I want to do, but 
in order to be the greatest in any environment, you have to be the greatest servant. Mm. And that's what we strive to do is we strive to serve our authors better than any other publisher. And we strive to provide our reader with a better experience than any other book. Mm. So it's not about you. It's not about, you know, it's really not about the money. I think that if it's about the money, money will disappear. We can tell by the 2008 crash. Mm. And one of the other important elements, I think, why we survived that is because we did not have a lot of debt. We grew Zoe Life out of its own revenue. Mm. So we didn't go to the banks and borrow money. And our growth may have been slower than other companies, but because of that, we've been on a much stronger foundation because we didn't have all the the leveraged debt Mm -hmm. and things like that. And that's what we wanted, controlled growth. And in the years that we've been in business, we went from just me and a friend writing the first book to over 250 authors, and our books are distributed all around the world. Mm. And and before we sold them from our trunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we started little, and we built based on um, what we knew at that time, and we kept adding knowledge. We kept pushing um, the button. We kept seeing how far we could we could go. But in everything. You know, there's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. My my children grew up in my office. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even now I have a room for my daughter my, who's 10. My baby was 18 months when it all started. She's 10 now. And she comes here after school. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go to, um, you know, we don't go home. We don't play, play at home. But in here, I take off time for her between 5 and 6.30 usually. Mm-hmm. And we go for walks. We do homework. We have dinner. Then um, her dad um, interacts with her, who also works in the business. So Zoe Life is not just a business for us. It's a way of life for our entire family. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And that's, again, part of the commitment, I think. We have to figure out how to wrap that commitment around our life, our responsibilities, our children, our partner, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's great. Very inspiring and encouraging for those business owners who are out there struggling or getting ready to launch on their dream. And tell us about Zoe Life Publishing. You said you um, publish Christian, inspirational, and children's books? That That's correct. Um, our goal is to publish books that inspire life. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, we um, I think we, we lean very heavy toward children's books because that's where we started. And authors just started looking for us because they saw our first book and said they had a book in them, but they didn't know how to get it out. So... Um, we have a website is www.zoelifepub.com that's z o e l i f e p u b.com and our books are available there but you can go into any bookstore and if you don't see zoe life books you can ask um any any of the book any of the um the 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 helpers, the I forget what they call Sales the people. clerks. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can you can help them, ask them, and they can help you find. Um, so, but the, one of the biggest things that we do as a publishing house is educate our authors, and we provide training for people who have a book in them and have no idea how to give it out. Mm-hmm. We call it the aspiring author workshops, 
And then we have coaching for people, again, who has a book and they don't know how to get it out of them. So we have a coaching program mm-hmm. that that helps, I, I use the word birth all the time, help authors to birth their books because it really feels like that process because they have an idea. Now that idea has to be developed. It, it has to um, grow arms and legs and quite honestly develop a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of that as well. So we focus on not only producing the books, but developing authors to their maximum capacity. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. And I know there are a great deal of people out there who would like to write their story or a story and don't know where to start with that. So that's good mm-hmm. to know, to share with our listeners that this is a potential avenue for them. And do you do the coaching and the workshops online or at your facility or where is that located? We do them online. We do them through teleconferences. We have a teleconference coming up in June that we call Author to Authorpreneur. And it actually teaches people who are have been previously published how to get their hands into their target audience. Mm-hmm. So um, we do those. We do a lot of teleconferences. We do some in-house training and workshops, but lately we've been broadening that base because we're getting calls from South Carolina. Even though we're in Michigan, we're in Plymouth, Michigan right now, Mm -hmm. we have authors as far as Australia. Wow, that's great. Very good. And what did you do as far as, because I know a lot of people struggle with getting their message out there and marketing and those types of things. And of course, we all know that there's tons of different marketing avenues and tons of way to spend lots of money on that. Was there a particular way or a tip that you'd like to share with our listeners about getting your message out there about Zoe Life Publishing? The the, the biggest thing that a, a, a person who wants to market their self or market their ideas is consistency. Um, the average person in the book world has to be exposed to a concept that will positively impact their time, their lives five to seven times before they find, they buy the, they purchase the book. Mm-hmm. So it's all about um, making sure that a message is in front of your target audience over and over and over again. And it has to be based on what it can do for them. Mm-hmm. It can't be about you. It has to be about the benefit that it could bring to them. Mm-hmm. Because people, they don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. Mm-hmm. And if you position the product, whatever it is, um, from the point of what it can do for them, then they receive it. They don't reject it. Mm-hmm. And um, real quick, I heard once, um, a, a story about um, a writer, and he used to hate to market his book. Mm-hmm. And then he realized one day by not marketing his book, what he had for the people that his book can positively impact, that was like him having food and not making other people aware that he had this food for them and they were starving. Mm-hmm. And it really changed how I looked at it, and it's changed mm. for me a lot of authors as well because they have something that is so valuable that can help people to live a better life, even if it's just entertaining them, but teaching them how to deal with whatever situation or for like you, inspiring people and letting them know, yes, this is life, 
life can be bad, but guess what? You can make the most of every moment Mm -hmm. that you're in. Mm -hmm. That's right. I like that. That's a good analogy, a good way to look at it. And one last question before we go, um, because I know that a lot of people ask me this, and again, we're here to inspire and encourage people to get their message out or their story, if you will. Okay. What Many people ask or talk about the fact that there's so many authors and there's so many books out there. And I've heard more than one person say, why should I write a book or, or go through all this when there's so much competition? And I just wonder, as a publisher and as a writer yourself, what your thoughts are on that. I, I, you can tell I have I have very strong thoughts. The truth is there's 500 books published every day. Mm. But I believe with every ounce of my being, everyone has a story to tell, a message to share, or a lesson to teach. And that story, it may not be that you're supposed to impact the entire world, Mm -hmm. but it may be that you're leaving a legacy for your family because your interpretation of the world is very different than everybody else's, the history of your family. So I think that you have to focus on the fact that your story has the ability to change lives and whether it's been predestined to change your family, your community, your your city, your state, or your world is pretty irrelevant to you. I tell authors all the time, don't go in it to make a million dollars because you are assured not to. Mm-hmm. But you go in there to change lives with your story and with your life, then it all becomes worthwhile. That's right, and I couldn't have said it better because your story matters. Thank you, Dr. Sabrina Adams, for joining us today. If you would like to purchase some of her products or get in touch with her about her services, her website is www.zoelifepub.com. And, of course, you can contact us here at Your Story Matters if you'd like to be in touch with her. And I appreciate all of your um, tips today and your willingness to share your story with us, and I'm sure it will positively impact others and encourage and inspire them. Thank you.